chapter 4, verse 7. And while you're turning there, I'll tell you, I talked to pastor this afternoon. He's in Clanton, um, and he's ministering over there. And, and uh, he said that, of course, didn't get to talk to him much because I was going home from lunch, and he was just ordering. They were just ordering, so I think the waiter was there, and he was trying to talk to me and order at the same time. I hope he got something good with all that going on. But anyway, uh, they had a big time this morning. And he said before he got them really rolling, he made six laps. So I'm sure he was... I, I said he probably we probably should have sent a driver with him to get him home tonight. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You kind of need a designated driver for them back roads through Maplesville and all that anyway. I always felt like first uh, Timothy chapter four. Are you all there? Verse seven. I'm not. I'm trying to find it there. There we go. There we go. There we go. <clears throat> Well, now, last Sunday night, we talked about being free, and on, I got up on Monday morning, God started giving me this sermon immediately, and then all, we, all week, He's been just continuing to, to, to add to it, and so we'll just dry, dive right in, <clears throat> but it says First Timothy chapter 4, and uh, uh, let's start in verse 6. But we're going. But seven's really where we're going. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, and Paul's writing to Timothy, if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse profane and old wives' fables. And this is the part I want to point out: exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Amen. That's the part we're looking at tonight. Exercise thyself rather unto godliness. And uh, Timothy uh, was a very, he was the pastor of the largest church in the world at that time. And so he was working very hard. How many of you believe Timothy was working pretty hard? Hallelujah. So he, uh, and you know, it's hard work uh, and it takes a commitment to maintain a good spiritual condition. He said, exercise thyself rather unto godliness. And it takes commitment, it takes hard work to maintain a good spiritual condition or to get in good spiritual condition. Uh, that word exercise in the Greek means to exercise in the nude. And I know that's kind of strange to us, but... Um, and, and, and Timothy is using a physical example of exercising in the nude but he's, he's putting it over into the spiritual realm and he's really talking about a spiritual subject. He's not, and he's not really talking about physical exercise here. Exercise thyself rather unto godliness. But he uses a word that has connotations. Uh, Timothy would have understood uh, that meant to exercise in the nude. Uh, it's a, it refers to physical exercise. It's the Greek word gumnos. And it actually means naked, and it actually is the word that we get our word gymnasium or gym from. And, uh, <clears throat> and so it means to exercise in the nude. Now, Timothy, being this pastor of this larger church and working very hard, uh, he was needing some relief. He needed some relief, and that's why Paul wrote him this letter. And Paul's instructing Timothy here, uh, don't waste your time fantasizing about a time when things will get easier. And uh, the body of Christ, a lot of times we will do that. If we're going through something tough or if things have been tough in our life, we will fantasize about a time when things will get easier. But the only way for things to get easier is to exercise. 
We have a set of stairs back there, and uh, they can be pretty hard, but there's just one way to make those stairs easier. Well, actually, if pastor would install an escalator, hallelujah, that could make it easier. But short of him doing that, and I don't think he's going to, hallelujah, the only way to get those stairs to be easier is to exercise. And it's the very same way with spiritual things when we, and, and our lives, the things we're going through. If you want your life to be easier, there's, it, you're living in a dream world if you just think someday everything's going to be okay. You know, sometimes people say, well, you know, when I get the kids grown, it'll be easier. When, 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 I, do, when I get the kids grown, I'll have more money. I'll, I'll tell you, you, you that's a lie. You, well, I don't know why that is, hallelujah. But, that you, you, but you say, well, when I, when I do this, I'll do that. And when I'll do, you know, when we get this done, when we get a new job, when this, things will get easier. But really, <coughs> this whole world system is just, is a, uh, if you work in the world system, now I'm not making a confession that things are hard, but you understand if you work in the world system, if you operate in the world system, things are hard. Amen. And the only way for you to get things easier in your life, and how many of you would like for things to be easier, is to exercise yourself spiritually. And that's why Paul wrote Timothy and he said, exercise thyself rather unto godliness. He said, you need to refuse these profane and old wise tales. In other words, these things, this is not true. This is not going to happen. It's kind of like an old wives tale for you to believe that things are going to just get easier on their own. No, you're going to have to grow spiritually. And so, and, and when you grow spiritually, guess what? Things get easier. Hallelujah. But the only way for things to be easier is to grow. Now, they had uh, three, com three major combat sports back in these days. And one of them's boxing, and we understand that. One of them's wrestling. And another one I never heard of, you can tell me after the service if you have, but it was called pancreation. And, uh, and so these guys that would be in these combat sports, they would, uh, uh want, wanted to be able to move without hindrance so they would strip off to practically nude, if not nude. I could never figure out if they were saying they were absolutely nude. That was kind of, but, or if they were just practically nude. So, but they would strip off everything that their opponent could grab a hold of and, and, and to, to, to take them down. They didn't want the opponent to be able to grab uh, anything like a shirt or a strap or anything like that. And so they, they just stripped down and, and uh, you know, they weren't real sanctified in <laughs> hallelujah. Uh, they were heathens. Hallelujah. So being nude must not have been a, a big problem uh, in these boxing and wrestling matches and these pancreation, whatever they were, uh, matches. Anyway, somebody can look that up. But anyway, so they would uh, they would strip off because so the so their opponent could not pull them down. Well, in a spiritual sense, that's what we have to do. Now I'm talking spiritual here. I'm changing. We've got to strip everything off that the devil can use to pull us down. You see what I'm talking about now? That you're, 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 are you with me on that? So we have to, and the, we have to dive into spiritual things instead of procrastinating and and uh, and even uh, running from challenges and avoiding dealing with problems and spending trying spending a lot of time trying to figure out the easy way out. No, we're supposed to dive right in, hallelujah, and exercise ourselves rather unto godliness. You know, you've got to drive right into this faith stuff. You've got 
about to dive right into this authority stuff that we were that brother brother West was preaching on this morning. We got to dive right in because like Joyce Meyer says, the only way out is through. And I know even in this move of God and this reign of the Holy Ghost we're having, you know, we get started and we get, sometimes you get going in this spiritual things and the temptations get part way through and then to back out. You know what? And to back up and try to get out of this thing. But listen, it's not going to get easier until you go all the way through. Amen. So we just dive right in. He, he said, exercise thyself rather unto godliness. That word godliness in the Greek, Greek means radical, fanatical devotion. Sometimes we kind of resist being a radical fanatical. But that's what Paul was writing Timothy. He said, exercise yourself to be a radical, fanatical devotee. Of Jesus Christ. He said, you know, he's telling him, don't be average. You know, things are hard for the average Christian. Hallelujah. Don't just try to cope. If you're just trying, no, you gotta, you can't cope, you gotta win. You can't cope, you've got to win this thing. Hallelujah. And the only way to win is to press on through, keep on going, meet the challenge, step up to the bat. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh -uh. You got to develop yourself to the maximum level spiritually. Turn to 2 Timothy now, chapter 4, verse 7. Hallelujah. Praise God. Don't confess you're hot. I know when we first moved to Alabama, Colin would about a, he would say, I'm hotter than a mug, hotter than a mug. Now I don't know what a mug is, but that was just something he'd say. Finally, we said, okay, we got to quit saying this. You know, we're just confessing it into being. So, hallelujah. Say, I'm just right. Hallelujah. You probably are. You're sitting down. Anyway, <laughs> or I would say, when we first got here, like the, our first summer in Alabama, we said it's like breathing underwater. We said, you know, we need to quit saying that. You have what you say. And so we quit saying that. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> um. <clears throat> 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, Paul said, I have fought a good fight. Now keep the other that I talked to you about in mind, and we're going to get some other things lined up here, and we're going somewhere with this. 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Now Paul's talking about himself here. And he said three things. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. The word fought means he labored fervently. We, where spiritual things concerned, we just, it, there's not an easy way. You're going to have to labor fervently in spiritual things. He said, I, I fought a good fight. The word good means beautiful, valuable, worthy. The, the fight is beautiful. How come it's beautiful? Because when you get through, things are easier. That's beautiful. You want things to be easier. When the fight's over, things are easier. Another reason it's beautiful is you win and you already know you won. You see, the weak got the answer before we go through the fight. When the doctor says you have something, you've done got the answer. You don't need to come to church saying, boy, I need some answers. You got the answer. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, if you're going to the right church, you already know the answer. Right. Hallelujah. You already know the answer. And so it's like, boy, the fight's already over before the devil got started. <laughs> Amen. Uh, let's see. Uh, he said, uh, I fought the good fight. And fight just means conflict. And then he said, I finished my course. Finished means completed or accomplished. And here's something interesting. Course there means career. I finished my career. 
He's talking about your spiritual career. He's talking about your assignment in life, your divine assignment. He's talking about there the thing, the reason you're on earth. You're not on earth to see how much fun you can have. You're not on earth. You know, Pastor said that 60-something percent of all American Christians believe that their main purpose in being here is to enjoy life. No, 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 no. We have a divine assignment. And you, are, you have an assignment just for you. And Paul said he finished his. Now, we don't have a lot of time left, but we were put here for specifically for this day, for this hour, the most important generation. I believe it's the most important generation. We're the resurrection generation. We're the generation of the rapture. Hallelujah. And so, uh, uh, hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> hallelujah. So we've got an assignment, and Paul said, I finished mine, and we don't have much time, and some people better get up to the bat. You know, bro, uh, let's see, uh, what did Jesus say? What you do, do quickly. Told Judas that. What you do, do quickly. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know, it's, this thing's winding down. Well, if you're going to do your assignment, you better get on with it. Hallelujah. So he said, I finished my career. Uh, he said, I kept the faith. Kept means guarded, held fast. And faith is persuasion, belief system, or the system of gospel truth. Turn to Philippians 3.13. Keep all this stuff in mind. Like I said, I'm going somewhere with it. I'm not just giving you information here. I'm going somewhere. Philippians 3.13. You have a career, a spiritual career. You may not have discovered it yet. Well, you need to get to discovering it. Well, how do you discover it? Pray, pray in the Holy Ghost is a lot of the way you discover it. Hallelujah. As you pray in the Holy Ghost, things will start coming clear to you of the call of God and the assignment on your life. Philippians 3.13 uh, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, he, he, this is Paul talking, and he said, you know, he, he just told, he told us he finished his course. He ran his race. He fought the good fight. But then he, he, right here, he gives us one of the clues of how he was able to do that. Well, he, this is how he kept from getting uh, bogged down or, or what would you call uh, uh, hindered uh, from finishing that course was he said he forget, forgetting those things li that lie behind. Forgetting means to lose out of mind or to neglect. You know, you need to lose some stuff. You need to lose some stuff out of your mind. Amen. And he said, forgetting those things that lie behind, those are those things that are to the back or the past, we could say. And then he said, I reach forth, or that word actually means stretch. I stretch. Now, he doesn't, that's more than just, when you stretch, that's more than just, okay, bless me if you can. No, it's, you know, as far as I can go. And then ask the Holy Spirit to help me. And if I okay pulls me up a little. And then I stretch some more. Hallelujah. No, when we stretch, we stretch. And some people act like spiritually they're afraid they're going to hurt themselves. They don't want to stretch. They want somebody else to stretch for them. They don't want to, they want somebody else to do their praying. That's not stretching when you want somebody else to do your praying. No. Hallelujah. Stretching is when you turn off the TV and you go pray in tongues. Now that's stretching. And, pray, and stretching is when, you know, because we all have kind of a little place where we're praying in tongues and we get tired. The flesh gets weak or weary. You know what I'm talking about? Hallelujah. Stretching is when you just keep pressing past that place. 
Stretching is when you even look at the clock and say, I'm going to pray in tongues 15 minutes. If it hair lips the governor, of course, we don't want it to hair lip Governor Riley. Hallelujah. But so we're not confessing that over him, but that's what my granny used to say. Anyway, but anyway, I'm going to. I'm going to stretch. In other words, I had never prayed in tongues 15 minutes, but bless God, I'm going to. Hallelujah. And you know, you may have to sit on your hands because you know you're just... Because see, we got to pray... Well, sometimes you got to pray till the flesh shuts up and gets quiet. You know what? Because the flesh gets antsy. I know mine does. My flesh gets antsy when I start praying. It wants to go do everything in the world. It wants to empty the dryer, fold clothes. You know, it just wants to go do everything in the world. Maybe I ought to go look in the mailbox. You might ought to, you know, just everything. So, uh, <clears throat> no, he said, uh, here, I reach forth, I stretch. To those things that are before or those things that are in front. Hallelujah. What's in front of you? Lots of people are looking back instead of in front. Looking back at the past. Worrying about the past, thinking about the past, meditating on the past, fretting about it, or just reminiscing. But those things don't count for anything. It's what's in front. Hallelujah. So we stretch. And if we stretch today, guess what? It makes tomorrow easier. And if we stretch tomorrow, it makes the next day easier. You want things to be easier? Exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Amen. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Now keep all of this stuff in mind. Y'all can hold two or three thoughts at once, can't you? Hallelujah. I perceive you're highly intelligent, and besides all that, you have the mind of Christ. Amen. Hebrews 12, 1. <clears throat> it says, Wherefore, I uh, know that's wrong. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. There's been a race set before you and you have to run it. And he said you're supposed to run it patiently. But you know, if we're going to be able to run, there's some things we need to do is we need to lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Lay aside there means cast off to put away. The Holy Spirit said to me, it's, here's what he said to me about lay aside. He said, push it away beyond reach. Did you ever give something to God and then take it back? You need to get it out of your reach. You push it so far away. And then every, lay aside every, guess what every means? All. No, you're not allowed to carry one weight. Why? Because you're running a race. You have a race to run. You have a course to finish. I finished my course. I finished my career, Paul said. Well, how did he do it? Well, he forgot those things that lie behind, laid behind and he laid aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset him. Weight there means burden, hindrance, a mass. Here's what the Holy Spirit said to me. Anything that's holding you back from running your race. Anything that's holding you back from running your race. Anything that's keeping you from finishing your spiritual career, you got to get your eye on that which is ahead. You got to get your eye on the prize. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then lay aside any, every weight, anything that hinders you. Here's some of the things the Holy Spirit said to me. Now, we could talk about all night. Holy Spirit's got to speak to you about what's hindering you. And, you know, don't try to figure this out for somebody else. Well, I tell you, I know what's hindering them. Well, no, you work on you and we'll work on us. And hallelujah, we'll all be happy. Okay. So the, the, the things that hinder us are sin. You need to lay away. Sin can be a hindrance. How many of you believe that? Habits. We need to lay aside habits. Hallelujah. Because they're weights. They hinder us. Attitudes. Attitudes can be a hindrance and keep us from finishing our course, running our race, being having the blessings of God that we desire and want in our lives. Uh, fear. How many of you, I, I, I can personally testify that fear is a great hindrance. It's a great weight. Um, and you have to, you have to lay it aside. Hallelujah. Bad memories. Y'all, anybody have any bad memories? Oh, hallelujah. You know, we live in a world today where just nearly everybody has an ex. Amen. And you know, you can get some bad memories. Or nearly everybody's had something happen on the job. And none of us, not, not hardly anybody, I found out not hardly anybody had a perfect childhood. Just hardly anybody, everything went perky, perfect in childhood. You know, hardly anybody who hasn't had a disappointment in romance or something. Well, we, bad memories are hindrances. But the Lord showed me and He said, you know what, good memories are hindrances too. You know, sometimes people are just reliving the past and all the good old days and they're just in a nostalgia, reminiscing. I can actually get to reminiscing and get real nostalgic and get kind of down. I found that even the good memories really don't lift me up. Because then you get to thinking, well, I wish it was like that now. And I wish, you know, and, and I, oh, hallelujah. You know, my kids are all gone, not here tonight, but I got to press forward. Because, you know, I tell you, I, I, had the, I had good, good kids. And they were just, uh, uh, they were, I mean, I tell you, I enjoyed my kids. And I fixed it where I enjoyed them. I, I believe you're supposed to enjoy your kids, and the only way you can enjoy them is to discipline so, them so they'll act right when they're, you're in, they're, you're, they're in your presence and when they're in the presence of other people. You're not going to enjoy them if they don't act right. And, you're not, and nobody else is going to want to be with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> But it's like, if, if your kids act right, people want to be with you. If they don't act right, they don't want to be with you. And that is just the gospel truth. And you can say, oh, my or oh, me. But it's, <laughs> hallelujah. But it's the truth. But my kids were pleasant to be around. And other people always complimented on them. And we enjoyed being around our kids. And they were loving. And they were, and I just spent a lot of time with my kids. And my love language is quality time. QT. And you know what? I don't get much anymore. You know, they say in, that uh, a, a daughter is a daughter all of her life, but a son is a son till he takes a wife. That's true. I used to be the number one girl. You don't know. I've got love notes from my boys. I saved them. I've got, oh, mama, I love you. And, and you know, I'm, Eric promised me he was going to live with me till he was 40. When he, you know what? I don't think he broke that promise. You know, he broke that promise quick. He just, hallelujah. Now, he didn't break it as quick as Colin. Colin was like, I can't wait to go somewhere, you know. But anyway, you know, I could get real fouled up if I didn't stretch to what's ahead. Amen. Hallelujah. Because 
I miss all that attention my boys used to give me. Everybody's real sad one. Hallelujah. Well, you know, there's mothers that hadn't got over it yet. But I'm determined I'm not going to be one of those mothers that don't get over it. You know, and move on and press towards the mark of the prize and stretch forth and forget those things that lie behind. See, I could get all bogged down in those good memories. Amen. You could get bogged down in your, your good memories. If you've been widowed or, or, or if you're a widower, you could, get, you could get so bogged down in the memory. And they were good memories. You know what I'm saying? Or maybe if, you, if somebody, uh, you know, broke it off with you and, th and you, you thought it was a great relationship, you could get bogged down in the good memories. So, so good memories can be something that, that, uh, that uh, keeps us held back too. Amen. Maybe you even have memories of a church that they sang the good old songs. You know, hallelujah. Well, you know, we've had people like that. Well, I like the old ones. I like, well, you know, <laughs> did y'all ever think about, I've looked through the hymnal before, and some of those things were written in 1847. You reckon the Holy Ghost wrote anything since 1847? Hallelujah, you know. You reckon the Holy Ghost was trying to say something to the church in 1847, probably to prepare them for the Civil War, you know. You know, because the Holy Ghost will prepare us through songs, you know. And uh, reckon the Holy Ghost has written some new things because He wants us to have something for this day. Hallelujah. Because we're not going to go through the Civil War. We may go through something worse, but it's not going to be that. Hallelujah. No contrary to what some people think that want us to draw off and be our own. Hallelujah. So some other things that can hinder us are unholy alliances. That's just hooking up on with anything. It doesn't even have to be a human being. Anything that's not holy, if you attach yourself to it, it's going to hold you back. It doesn't matter if it's unholy movies, unholy music. Hallelujah. If you listen to bad music, I was listening to a tape coming out here about uh, and told about a, a young boy over in Fitzgerald, Florida, Florida, Fitzgerald, Georgia, listening to Ozzy Osbourne. And, you know, some of those songs got all sorts of stuff about suicide in them. And so he shot himself through the head. And when they got there, that song's still playing. About the only, I think it says something about the song, something about, I don't know, I've never listened to Ozzy Osbourne. The tape said this, that the song said something about the only way out is suicide or something like that. Well, such a lie of the enemy, but those are unholy alliances and those are things we need to cut ourselves free from. And you know, mostly we've got some youth in here that might be tempted with that kind of music. Most of our generation didn't like that kind of music anyway, but you know, we could be having some unholy alliances with some uh, country, country music. Hallelujah. You know, and there's a lot of stuff in country music that's pretty negative. I know when, you know, y'all may not believe this, but I personally believe this very strongly. Uh, about in the 19, late 60s through 1980, I know in the town we live in, well, lived in, which in, in the county we lived in was a farming community, and you can, and everybody wore jeans, boots, and big belt buckle, you know. Pastor, hey, you should have seen him. He was something. <laughs> Hallelujah. First seven years preaching. His the country west, uh, western suit. Hallelujah. Boots. Now, he didn't do the bolo tie. He had a real tie. Hallelujah. But he was something. And uh, he, uh, boy, I'd go to the country western store and buy him those Kenny Rogers shirts. Woo, I tell you, he was, he was styling. And he didn't think he could wear anything else. But then we got a friend. We met a friend, and his mother had worked at uh, S&Q. That was a very nice men's store in 
Midland, Texas, and his mother, when he grew up, and he was a he was a clothes horse. Now he he like he was he was something, and so just hanging around him, it got off on us. Whoever you hang around with, it's gonna get off on you. So Pastor started dressing like um, I don't know whatever the opposite of country western is. Anyway, but so you know when that song, remember Tammy Wynette, and she got a song. And she started broadcasting that song all over the nation. And guess what? It just, what she sang just broke out everywhere. I know it did in our county. She sang a song and it went, D-I-V-O-R-C-E became final today. I can sing this thing, folks. I got it in me. Me and little J-O-E will be going away. Well, you know what? I tell you, it got in our county. And I tell you, I, did you know the whole time I was growing up, I never knew anybody divorced in our whole town? And in 1968, and I remember, because I don't know why this happened. I guess it was just the Holy Ghost even then. I was saved. But this kid in the class below me, he was in seventh grade. I was in eighth grade when this happened. I don't know. We, I just came home and heard that Randy Floyd's parents were getting a divorce. And I cried and cried and cried and cried and cried, and I hardly knew them. I mean, I, it was 2,500 people. Everybody knew everybody, kind of. But we weren't friends with these people or anything. And he was in the grade below him, me. I wasn't even friends with him. But that was just so unheard of for anybody to get a divorce. And that's the first time I ever remembered anybody I knew getting a divorce. But, you know, that swept through our county. And, I mean, it was just divorce, 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 divorce. Why, I think Tammy Wynette can take nearly personal responsibility for getting that into the earth. Of course, the devil. I'm not trying to put any condemnation on her. But, you know, if we listen to that stuff, that stuff gets in us. And so sometimes we need to make, we need, we need to make breaks from some, some of that stuff. I'm not telling you what to listen to or what to watch. i got to take care of me. But I just know when I listen to something, I can tell when it's not right. Because I got the Holy Spirit inside of me. Amen. Now, I like goldie-oldies. I like 60s music. And sometimes I'll turn it on. You know, just when nothing else fits, I'll turn the 60s on. But I turn it off if it isn't right. And most of it isn't. Hallelujah. But there's still some that's a little bit... Hallelujah. Pray for me if you don't agree. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you think it's all bad, well, pray for me. I'm, I'm getting there. Hallelujah. Uh, so unholy alliances, anything we've connected ourselves to that's unholy. I mean, you maybe got a connection at the pool hall. I can tell you that, that ain't a good place to hang out. And I could tell you some personal experiences about that too, but I won't. Not that I ever was down there shooting pool but hallelujah but I got plenty of examples of people in our town that hung out there and you know that wasn't the marriages that were flying in the count the county I grew up with uh, so wherever the unholy alliances are unequal relationships turn to second Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14 now these can you know we're not talking about marriage here Hallelujah. If you are unequally yoked with an unbeliever I'll just say this you've taken it to a whole new level 
And you know, there's going to have to be, you, you got yourself into this, you're going to have to pray your way out. Hallelujah. Thank God for mercy and God's mercy on us. But you know, this is for people that have aligned themselves uh, in, in other ways to people that are unequal, where it's an unequal yoke. 2 Corinthians 6, 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. This is not just talking about marriage. This is about yoking yourself in any way to people that are unbelievers. And you know, there's level of unbelievers. You could say, well, that just means if they're saved. Well, I taught my boys, and you can teach your kids what you want to, but I taught my boys, I said, no, you've been saved, or you've been walking with God since you were a, 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 an infant. Well, Eric all his life, and Colin since, well, we were saved when, when he was born, but we got baptized in the Holy Ghost, he was four. So, I mean, we took it up a notch or two, but he was in church and, and, and in the things of God as far as we knew him before that. So all their lives, basically. They've been, and I said, this some little girl that just got seen, and you know, Colin be about 15. I know one time came home and he was going with somebody. Now he wasn't going anywhere with her, but that's what they say, you know? going out or whatever they say. I don't know. how. <laughs> kind of like when pastor gave me my first ring, it was a promise <laughs> ring. My dad's friend said, what did he promise you? And you know, it was so little, they said, because you know those promise, those are my new, <laughs> hallelujah. They were like, mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> anyway, how, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but anyway, so, uh, He's like, come home, he's 15, he's going to go out with this girl. Well, I said, no, 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 you're not. They were church members, and so it was 11 o'clock at night. And so pa a pastor just marched himself right over to this, their house, and he said, okay, they're not going out. And, and the church, you know, we're still friends with those people. Praise God. They live in Houston. We're still friends. Anyway, um, but anyway, they weren't going out because that, but I said to talk to Colin, and I said, you know, her, their parents, you know, now Christina's 14, and uh now, see, he dated another Christine, and then he ended up marrying a different Christine. But this was a different one. And so Christine is 14, and her parents got saved last year. Now, that's not an equal yoke. Because here she's been raised 13 years, just as worldly as, she, as you can be. So she's got all that in her. Hallelujah. So that's not an equal yoke. That's not, that's not for you. That might be good enough for you, but that wasn't good enough for this mama. No, you had to, you had to be raised in it. That's what I, and, and I prayed all their lives. My sons will never be unequally yoked with anyone who is inconsistent with the faith. Well, she wasn't right for him. She, it wasn't a year later until she was pregnant and I don't know what on. We're not putting any condemnation, but what I'm saying is she just didn't have the same value system inside of her yet. She hadn't had time to get a renewed mind. Amen. Her family, even though they're real good people serving God today, and hallelujah, they, you know, they hadn't had time. They just got saved, just come out of the world, hadn't had time to get an un, uh, get a renewed mind. So it wasn't an equal yoke. And so there's you, this equal yoke thing. You know, um, you've gone pretty far with God. Most everybody in this church has gone pretty far. So it narrows the field. Thank God, God's a big God. You know, but be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, verse 14, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion hath light with darkness, and what concord hath Christ with Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel, and what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God, as God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Verse 17, wherefore? 
therefore come out from among them. From who come out from among those that are unbelieving? You know, sometimes we have to come out from among those that are just not necessarily unbelieving in Christ, unbelieving in Jesus, but they're unbelieving in the ways of the Spirit and unbelieving in the ways of, of the baptism of the Holy Spirit and unbelieving in tongues and so forth. I know we were going, you know, and, and I, did, I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. Everybody say, I'll, everybody forgive us. And you can, but... You know, when, when we were Baptists, Southern Baptists, I didn't realize until day before yesterday, a little article came out in Tuscaloosa paper, how many varieties of Baptists there were and how many different... I thought a Baptist was a Baptist was a Baptist was a Baptist. Now, that's how naive I was, but I found out they believe all sorts of different ways. And so, but we were Southern Baptists. And, uh, and we got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Well, we had to come out from among them. Now, do we still love them? Yeah, have some fond affection for many of them. But stretching forth to those things that are lie ahead because this is a hindrance now. Hallelujah, this is hindering me from my walk in Christ, and so I had to stretch forth. Well, then we came, we came out from among the Baptists, just like Brother Hagin, and went among the Pentecostal. Went over to the Assembly of God. First, we went to the Methodist Church for one Sunday. They had already heard about us in our little town, and it scared the liver out of them. Oh, my Lord, them tongue talkers, because they had already heard that we was talking in tongues. Because it gets around fast in 2,500 people, you know. And um, hallelujah. And they had heard, and so the Baptist, um, you could tell the Methodists were way nervous that morning. So we just didn't go back. We put them out of their misery and, <laughs> and put us out of ours too, because it wasn't that much fun. And uh, so we went down to the assembly of God. And you know, um, <clears throat> And love, and those people were very loving people. And they, they really walked the love walk, and they had a good pastor. He was a real good pastor. wasn't a great preacher, but he was a great pastor. Had a real pastor's heart. Really loved you. He just showed up at your house. You never knew when he was going to show up. Seemed to have a knack for supper time. Hallelujah. Don't think his wife cooked much, but his name was Brother Barker. And Brother Barker, you know, he was a different kind of assembly of God. We'd say, Brother Barker, do you wake uh, the women... Because here a bunch of Baptists came out. Some, several people, lots of families came with us. And, and you know, do we have to twirl our hair up and wear, our, you know, and do all that? He said, I don't preach on the clothesline. That was his answer. So in other words, he didn't ever preach on what you wore or your hair or nothing like that. Hallelujah. So anyway, but then as church started in Seminole, which was 18 miles from us, a man came from Dallas. His name was Glenn Staples, and he started a church. He called us by supernatural angelic circumstances that I don't have time to go into today. He's, angelically, he found out that we were in Seagraves and we needed to know about this church. Actually, an angel called him on the, called him on the telephone. It literally happened, and I'll tell you later if you want to know. But anyway, so uh, we found out about the first church service, and we went over to this first church service of this new kind of a word type. Well, I don't know if it was word then, because that was 1980. It may have been more charismatic than anything. But anyway, and so we went to it a couple of months, and I remember one Sunday morning. Now, Glenn Staples operated over in the office of the prophet. Hallelujah, he's backslid today. He doesn't serve God, and that's a shame because he had a real gift of prof for the prophet. And he, uh, but he gave us this scripture: "Wherefore come out from among the unbeliever." So, because see, we had, even though the assembly was a good, loving church, we had already stretched forth to something more. 
and they they weren't going to go any they weren't going to go hallelujah <clears throat> and so had to come out we had to cut loose and uh and you know not always comfortable sweet people but praise god brother barker now brother barker got up and told his people and this was so nice he said uh michael and debbie are supposed to go to seminole and and be in that church that's just getting started and we're just going to support them in it i mean you know praise god for pastors that don't that that have good spiritual sense and so he was a blessing <clears throat> so we have to cut free from things don't we you know, a lot of times we, we try to fool ourselves in, our, in relationships and, and they, people will tell us that they're saved. Well, here's what the Holy Spirit told me. He said, faith without works is dead. And a lot of times people can say they're saved if they're want, they want to, but if, they're not, if they don't have the fruit of salvation, if they're not loving the brethren, if they're not wanting to be in church, folks, their salvation is suspect at best. We're not supposed to be yoked with them. Now, that don't mean we don't help them. And that don't mean we don't we we can't sow seed into them, but we can't make them our relationships. No, our relationships are supposed to be with believers, amen. With those are believing ones. He said he one place in the Bible. I think Paul calls it this way: those of like precious faith. Those of like precious faith. Does it cost? Yeah, it costs. You know, it costs a lot sometimes. Um, let, I want to go back to the scripture that we looked at um, before. It, just for a minute, Hebrews 12, 1, if you can just slip right back over there. And we're winding down because we got something we got to do. Hebrews 12, 1. <clears throat> now, y'all are following me, aren't you, in all this? Because we're talking about running our race, finishing our course, things that will hinder us. We're talking about uh, exercising ourselves that the only way out is through. And so this is what we're still talking about. And, and he said... Uh, uh, Lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. I looked up that does so easily beset us, and it was a one-word definition for all those five words. It was The word was thwart. And I thought, well, now that's not a word I use every day is thwart. I wasn't even sure I knew what thwart meant. So I had to look it up in Webster's Dictionary, and here's what thwart means. Thwart means to run counter to. Now, I need somebody to help me up here. Thwart, you want to be the helper? Hallelujah. Now this means, you know, the Bible says, how can two walk together? I feel like a midget when I'm standing by him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Because <laughs> we have a shorter demo. No, I'm just kidding. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But anyway, uh, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? Hallelujah. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm sure glad I got me a short husband. I mean, I'm no offense, but hallelujah. It just feels better. Hallelujah. I can reach his arm. Hallelujah. But anyway, you know, to run, uh, what did what did I just tell you? Help me. To run counter to. That would be, turn around, Paul. That would be like you running that way and me. Hey, how many of you know if I'm trying to run this way and he's trying to run the other way, we ain't getting anywhere. Amen. So that's what that means. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and uh, see, we a lot of times we got things that are holding us up. It also means to oppose. <coughs> How many of you, you know, sometimes we're in relationships and, and, and we'll go home and say, oh, praise God. Or we're not home because we're not talking about husbands and wives. Maybe we go to work. We, oh, praise God. God did this and they oppose it. They throw it right back in our face. Or it also means to defeat the hopes of. If you've got a relationship where they're defeating your hopes, you know, then you need to lay it aside. 
It means to pass across. Now, the example of this, hallelujah, praise God, somebody else come up here. This would come up with somebody short. Come up here. Come here. Okay, Nigel's short. Now, this would be like, like me trying to walk this way, and every time I try to walk, he goes across in front of me. You know, I can't get very far if he keeps cutting across in front of me every time I'm trying to get, you know, hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Nigel. And I like your height. <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> it means to frustrate. You know, there's people that can frustrate your faith. How many of you know that? Okay, so, well, we got a little lesson over here. <laughs> we got a little, the Holy Spirit showed me, uh, you can uncover it, and uh, m Monday morning, he showed me some elastic. And I, all I saw was elastic. Let's see here. I don't like that one. I like this one. And he showed me, and then on Tuesday morning, he showed me the weights. Now, these are 15-pound weights. And, you know, when you're, a, when you're connected to something and you're tied to something that's not going with you, hallelujah, I'm going to tie this around my finger because I tried it once and it kept popping out of my hand. And, uh, you know, it'll let you go so far. Hallelujah, I can even run. Uh-oh, it stopped me. It stopped me. Now, I can maybe go a little ways, but I'm having to pull this thing now, you know. And so a lot of times that's how the devil will do us with, with uh, and we're not just talking about relationships. We're talking about thoughts, memories. You know, we're talking about a lot of things, sins, all those things that so easily beset us. You know, if we keep those things tied on to us and we don't let them go, we may can get a little ways. We may can run around the church one time, but it, you try it twice and, you know, might not let you go twice. You, it might let you go, you know, it might let you go so far. But pretty soon, it's going to tighten down on you. And pretty soon, you've just gone as far as you can go. I may have to have, I 15 wasn't enough. I may have to have Paul stand up. No, I'm just, <laughs> hallelujah. hallelujah. So, here's what the Holy Spirit showed me is, uh, a lot of times we're trying to run our race and we, and, we, and, and the elastic will stretch so far and we can go so far, but then there comes the time when we got to cut it loose. And so, um, praise God, let me see if I have anything else. Yeah, um, you know, you are the one that's got to set, you're the one that's got to cut loose. God's not going to set you free from the weight. You're the one that's going to have to lay it aside. One last scripture, Matthew 16, 19, and this will be it. Matthew 16, 19. Now, this is what the Holy Spirit wants to do tonight. You're going to obey God, right? Matthew 16, 19. Everybody here knows if something's hindering them. Hallelujah. And you know what it is. Matthew 16, 19, he says, And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And this is what the Holy Ghost gave me this week. Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You're the one that's got to cut yourself loose from this. Whatever it is, you've got to cut yourself loose from it. You know, it could be a million different things. could be things we don't even know. I know I've had to, I had to cut myself loose from fear. I've had to cut myself loose from a lot of things. And I'm sure I'm going to have to cut loose from other things in the future that God maybe hadn't even shown me yet. So, uh, we got this, I don't know why I had thought I had to have, well, it just don't matter. It might just be God. We'll just see what happens. But... Uh, <coughs> You just obey God. And I got some scissors here. 
And uh, this is just a, this is just an act of faith. That's all it is. It's just, and, and you know, a lot of times, miracles begat miracles. It takes, a lot of times it takes a supernatural, uh, one supernatural act will provoke another <laughs> supernatural act. Hallelujah. Be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Hallelujah. So tonight, I just saw this, and I don't know, I didn't see any particular person, and we don't have to know what it is you're cutting free from, but I saw some people come up, and just as an act of faith, just they just they just cut loose from some stuff. So if that's you, hallelujah, why don't we get uh, about, I got several strings here, why don't we get about four people that are willing to come up here and hold it, stretch it out. You, you, you probably, you know, Hallelujah. Yeah, pick up us and and uh, hallelujah. And you know how we're just obeying God. You don't have to tell us anything. You just have to come get the scissors and say I'm cutting loose from something. Maybe something that hindered you all your life might be something that's just hindering you today. Might be a worry. You may need to cut loose from something the doctor said. You know, you might I don't know what you need to cut loose from. Hallelujah. Praise God. So just just obey God. Just do it like you want to do it. We don't have a way. There's not a right way or a wrong way. Hallelujah. Why don't you play us some cutting music, Kevin? Okay. She's cutting. You know, it might be something somebody said something somebody said about you that you just need to cut loose from. Something somebody said to you. Hallelujah. I want to go on with God, don't you? Hallelujah. I don't want anything to hinder my race. Hallelujah. I want to be free. I want to be free to obey God in services. I want to be free to obey God out in the uh, marketplace. If He says something to me and I'm in the grocery store, speaks to me, I want to be, I want to be free to be bold. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. I want to be free of what people think about me. Hallelujah. You know, a lot of people are bound up by what, what somebody else might think. You know, you may not can run because uh, of what somebody might think. You know? <clears throat> Glory to God. We'll wait just a minute. I don't know what on. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. You know, sometimes people are hanging on to stuff for security that only God, you know, only God can be our security. You know, if we're depending on retirement or anything, we're hanging on to something that's just in, that is, it's, it's not, it's not reliable. It's unreliable. But God's reliable. Hallelujah. That's why he said for us to lay up treasure in heaven. Because then we'd always have something we could draw on in any situation or circumstances, no matter what happens to this old world system and this world economy, we got something to draw, but we got treasure in heaven. We won't ever have a problem. I've read accounts where people that were tithers went through the depression in, in, in the back in the late 20s and 30s that, and, and never had a problem, never had any lack because they were tithers. It, it said, said, actually, I heard one 
family lived up in Winston County, Alabama. And I heard the testimony. They said that they had been tithers before it, and they couldn't. They said, you know, they heard rumors that something was going on in America, but they never noticed any difference in there. In there. You know, that's how it will be. Hallelujah. No matter what happens. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, sometimes we can be dependent on, you know, if you're dependent on the TV and the weather channel, if you depended on it through that hurricane, you need to cut loose from something. Hallelujah. If you let James Spann decide whether you went to church that night, because we had, we had 40 something people here and we had a big time. Hallelujah. <laughs> Man, he got free or somebody got free. Hallelujah. Is James, let me ask you something. Is James Spann calling the shots in your life? I'm using him. He's just one of the weather announcers. He's the only one I know the name of. But hallelujah. You know, they, they're not, they shouldn't be ruling our life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, I know a man that he checks the stock market every day. And what kind of mood he's in depends on what it's doing. You mean, that's needing to cut loose, isn't it? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Because you can just go so far. You won't get very far out into overflow if you're tied to something like that. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, ha, ha. You know, praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If it don't, you get another one if you like. We don't care. Uh, you know, if the doctor, if you're letting what he says dictate, uh, you know, if you're under bondage to, you know, well, he said to stay in three days. You need to cut yourself free from that. I'm not saying get out. I'm saying that doctor is not your Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And some of us got tied to doctors. I know my mom, she got me tied to doctors. I had to get free of that thing when I was a little child. Because you didn't, I was an only child, and if you sneezed, you I, I can, if I sneezed, I went to the doctor. Every time I ever threw up in my whole life, I went to the doctor. I promise you. Hallelujah. Does anybody have something? Got a scripture or something for us? Some of you are looking like, I, I need to share this. Go ahead and be bold and obey God. Your boldness could cause somebody else to walk away free tonight. Amen, amen. Well, now, I'm not going to tell you what to do. But if I was you, that piece of elastic I cut off, I'd throw it away. I wouldn't save it. Because remember, we're getting rid of this stuff. We're not saving it for a memento. Hallelujah. Praise God. If any, anybody else got something? You want my, I'm going to close it down.